0: episode of guys talking sport we're gonna dive into the whole free agency thing going on in the nba who is the winner of the the recent uh nba draft and who's leading so far in this year's nba uh free agency frenzy as we like to speak so look forward to going uh, deep diving right in on this next episode of guys talking sports sports. On, on this week's episode, we'd like to go ahead and just touch the NBA and the, the free agent uh, frenzy that's going on right now and, you know, kind of discuss what's going on in the league. So, I want to go ahead and welcome my boys, Al, E. What's up, guys?
1: What's going on? What's up, everybody? Vino time, as always.
0: <laughs> ah, can't go wrong a little red.
1: That's right. <laughs> so... It's always fun, right after the championship is done, we crowned
0: Golden State to be the winner. Now it's all about trying to crown the, the draft and the free agency buzz that's going on right now. Right now, right after the draft, we know that Minnesota is probably the king of draft night. With the firing, uh, Jimmy Butler from Chicago. Uh, but who do you think right now is more free agency? I mean, let's not let's 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 put Golden State to the side. They got money to burn. They've just been throwing money at any and everybody. But who else stands out to you guys as far as major major pickup in this free agency for twenty seventeen?
1: Well, I think for me, it definitely would have to be um, a toss up between um, uh, between um, uh, Paul George going to OKC. And, um, in the Butler trade, which I was completely shocked with that one because I didn't see that one actually coming, nor the Paul George one. So those are the two ones that act, stand out stand out the most, I think. Um, I'm curious to see how George and um, Westbrook are going to really play, you know, because both of them are players that I don't want to say need to have the ball but like to have the ball in their hands. You know, most of the time they're both, you know, were the first option you know, on both their respective teams last year. Now they're going to be moving to this, you know, one team. So it's going to sort of be like that dynamic of Golden State, you know, who's taking the last shot. It's going to be Paul George. It's going to be Westbrook. So I think you're going to have that dynamic to worry about. I think the Jimmy Butler trade, you know, going over there um, with Andrew Wiggins and, you know, Greek the Freak. I think that one, I am very curious to see how that all is going to play out. One, if, you know, Butler's actually going to stay there, but two, he stays. I think that's a really good squad that could, I think, at least be up anywhere between a three and a sixty.
2: Um, I, I do also think that um, the Paul George to Oklahoma City was definitely shocking. Um, I, I was, uh, uh, the the Butler to Minnesota thing. You heard? I, I guess I kind of heard rumblings that he was, you know, considering going to Minnesota. I wanted to go to Minnesota anyway, so um, the Bulls just did what they had to do to get some some talent back. But the Paul George to Oklahoma City thing was just – it's something I really didn't expect. And the amount of talent that they got back in return, that Indiana got back in return is still a head scratcher because they could have done that um, – they could have sent Paul George to Boston and got a lot more back a lot more value back from um, Boston than what they did with Oklahoma City. Uh, I believe that was a head-scratcher. But one of the things that really – one of the trades that really scratched me I really came out of nowhere was the Chris Paul to Houston um, trade. Or was it a trade? Or was that a free agent signing? That was a free was agent tra- signing?
1: That was a trade.
2: No, that was a trade. Yeah, that was a trade for Beverly, um, Decker, uh, someone else in the first-round pick. I just really didn't see the – I don't – I guess I didn't understand – I don't understand it because you had James Harden who was playing point guard. Um, Now he goes back to his, I guess, his role as shooting guard um, with Chris Paul there. But I'll be interested to see how that um, duo um, plays in the NBA because is it going to be James Harden that's willing to to, um, succumb to um, letting Chris Paul run the show? Uh, that's really going to be an interesting um, dynamic. Um, we'll also see how that ha- um, factors in with um, Golden State um, and the stuff that they're doing as well. But I thought that the Paul George to Oklahoma City thing was really a head-scratcher. And to be honest, I thought that the value that the Clippers got back from Houston was a lot was a better deal. Um, I think the Paul George to Oklahoma City deal was kind of like the worst out of all of them so far. Um
0: Pickies, they go back on the Clippers, uh, Chris Paul, to Houston trade. Believe it or not, Houston – I'm sorry, uh, L.A., the Clippers really didn't fall off too tough, in my opinion, with that trade.
2: I agree.
0: You got Patrick Beverly, Decker, first-round pick, and they're looking to try to get Derek Rose to come into a mix. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to be a major factor, but, you know, you, you start with Derek Rose, you have to play him – you don't have to play in 25,
2: 30 minutes when you got Patrick Beverly. Yeah, I was just about to say, because I'm going to be honest with you, Patrick Beverly right now is a better player than Derrick Rose.
0: Agreed. Mm-hmm. But it's not a bad situation where you got a Patrick Beverly
2: starting and you got a Rose coming off the bench or vice versa. But the question is, will Derrick Rose be okay with coming off the bench? I mean, That's he, what the real question is going to lie in. But, I mean, he has to understand that, you know, it seems like every season something's going on with his knee.
0: He just tore his meniscus again towards the end of the season. So I, I tore my meniscus, and I ain't got no cartilage left in my knees. I, this boy must have like some super cartilage in his knees because he keeps tearing them, and it keeps coming back. And you know, he must have got super knees or something. I don't know. But <laughs> it's it's just crazy. But um, I, I think the the biggest the biggest surprise for me is probably Gordon Hayward in Boston. And I want to say that because Hayward was so adamant about trying to get a true point guard to come to Utah to help facilitate the ball. And then they went out and got Rubio, and they went out and got a couple other pieces, hoping to keep Gordon Hayward there. And then it just goes short, you know, goes to show that, you know, your word is not much bond and when it comes to sports. Because they went out there and did all this, and now they're left with a big void. In Houston, I'm sorry, in Utah, to try to fill, you know, to fill with that twenty points, twenty-two points
1: that they're going to be missing
2: the game. Well, the thing, from what I'm hearing, it was because the fact that Utah didn't re-sign um, George Hill. Um, that was the big reason why um, Haywood left. And when they made the trade for Rubio, I think that's what solidified Hayward to go to Boston because Hayward liked um, Hill. He wanted to keep. They wanted. He wanted them to keep Hill.
1: Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I, was I wasn't that surprised that he went to Boston, but I think the Boston's gonna have a, gonna have some problems because I mean, you bring in Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart, you're probably not gonna be able to keep Jay Crowder. is probably going. Avery Bradley is probably going. Your depth is probably going just to you know absorb that contract. So they got him, but I don't know what they're gonna get. And I mean. I mean, all, you know, but people might think that, you know, Gordon Hayward, I mean, let's, you know, let's call a spade a spade. They're going to probably think he's the next great white hope. Probably going to think he's the next, you know, the next quote unquote bird coming in there to save the day. But that's not going to be the case.
2: Yeah, no, there's already talk about um, Boston trying to get rid of both, uh, rid of all those three. Um, Crowder, Smart and um, Bradley. Um, to try and get some sign-and-trade going. Um, at least that's what Utah is looking at right now. They're, I mean, even though Haywood is go- is at Boston, they're still trying to do a, maybe a sign-and-trade to get some of those um, pieces back. Well, I still think the Knicks should have went ahead and
0: worked with Boston and probably traded Mellow to Boston and get Crowder and get younger and more athletic. But
2: that's Boston my- didn't want Mellow. Nah. Nah, almost. No, the Knicks right now, they it's difficult. They're in a very difficult situation, I mean, when you think about it. Like, they got, if, if, whether it's somebody that's up in age um, as a player, um, that's a, a good player for them, or somebody that has a, a, a boatload of, of salary that other teams don't want. Like, whether it's Carmelo Anthony, whether it's um, Joakim Noah, Courtney Lee, um, they have people there that, you know, the other teams are not willing to look, even look at right now. So it's going to be difficult for them.
1: Uh, can we can we get a, a moment of silence for all the New York Knicks, Knickerbocker fans out there that your team is a utter disaster, you know, and – that I don't know where they go into him even got a GM right now. You're one GM, you paid him all this money, and he made some very questionable moves, but he was actually willing to buy out Carmelo Anthony. And if Carmelo Anthony and the Knicks actually do buy him out, which I don't think they are, I think he's going to remain New York Knicks, but if they buy him out, what the fuck is going on over there? I mean, you got rid of Phil Jackson because he wanted to buy him out, and then you turn around and then you still buy the man out? like i said i don't think it's going to happen i think we're remain in nick but who's running the who's running the show over there adrian you I think they're going to keep, they're going to keep mello
2: i think he's gone i think i don't think he wants to be in new york
0: anymore i think i think the whole experiment i think the whole thing i think he came there with great intentions i think bill jackson tried his very best to to put a team together i think the worst thing that he ever tried to do is that still that triangle offense and make that the big offense no matter what. If you just got a coach to come in there and coach the way they want to coach and try to use the talent they had on the squad, things will be a little bit different. But I think that whole mellow experiment is done. You gotta you gotta cut your you gotta cut your losses Uh Dolan ain't poor. Dolan can afford to buy out. You know, he he'd be alright. Let's let the man go, you know. Or or just accept the the medal for love trade though. I don't think Cleveland really wants to go up love. I think they want to keep love. That's why they hope to the buyout. So they have a formidable uh, dynamic four. Uh
2: to contend with uh, Golden States for. But the the problem is that the, the Cleveland, like you said, Cleveland don't have no money, so they, it's gonna be difficult to keep all four. And not even mentioning Tristan Thompson's contract, so they're in a they're in a they're in a predicament. They re-signed majority of their players back. Cal um, Corver, um, Richard Jefferson just said announced that he's not retiring. He's taking the option to, to go another couple of years with Cleveland. So it's it's gonna be very difficult unless. Melo takes a, 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 a pay cut, which I highly doubt. I just don't see all four of them staying in Cleveland.
0: If, if he want that ring, if he want to shot at the ring, he'll take a pay cut. He's still getting paid by New York. He ain't got to make no, no high rates uh, uh, Cleveland um, contract if you he know he's still getting his guaranteed money from New York. You know, you sit there, you cut your losses, you take a, a cheapo two-year deal just to, to go ahead and, and play ball, try to win these championships, get your ring, and then max out that you can max out the last couple of years of your
1: contract and be all about your business. But like I said, then, then how the Knicks look because you fire Phil Jackson and then you end up doing exactly what Phil Jackson wanted to do. Um, I mean, my opinion, when he came in, he should never got rid of Mike Woodson. That was a that was mistake, number one, in my opinion, because Mike Woodson, wasn't a bad coach, but he was a good coach, and they and it was uh, winning some games. But after that, I mean, we got Derek Fisher, Kurt Rambis, and Jeff Hornacek.
2: Well, that still, I that all goes back to Phil Jackson. Um, you know, once he came in, that kind of like it was the it was kind of like riding a wave where once he came in, it was like a big tidal wave. Everybody was on board. And then when it hit land, it just becomes like smaller and smaller until there's nothing left. So I think that's what it was. I think with the Knicks, it was just like one big wave. But you know what? I'm not going to – let's not talk about the Knicks um, because right now they're not doing anything for it to be relevant for us to speak about them. So until they make a move, you know – I mean, of course, they signed their rookie um, point guard. But other than that, they haven't really done anything in the free agent to make any noise. So let's just skip with that um, and move on with them. Um, the Let me ask you a question. What's, what teams do you think did the best in free agency? Not in trades, but in free agency alone.
0: Golden State and down. They re-signed everybody and just picked up Nick Young. And I'm not saying that – Nick Young is in <laughs> Swaggy P? <laughs> but they got Swaggy P. I mean, they signed every... All the only person they signed not uh was And I guess he's still in the contract.
2: Still in the contract. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and Draymond got his contract last year. Mm-hmm. Hands down, they should be a clear favorites to win again next year.
1: <laughs> yeah, they <Yeah>. are. Go ahead. <laughs> now, I was going to say, yeah, I would say right now, I think Gold State didn't do anything to really enhance them. I mean, they just, I mean, they kept the band together, and, you know, Kevin Durant took, you know, you know, you know took less up front, you know, to keep everybody together. Problem is, in about two, you know, two years, Clay's gonna come up. In about three years, Draymond's gonna come up. And then Kevin Durant has a, you know, two, a two year deal with a, with a player option that next year, you know, at, at the second year. So, what's to say that he's probably not gonna wanna take a cut? He's going to get paid because he's going to be eligible for that supermax contract. So now you got Clay, who's probably going to contract. Draymond, you already got step for you know forty million per year, and you got Durant. So they did good now, but I think it might come back to bite them in about two to three years because they they're not going to be able to pay everybody.
2: That is true. I agree with you, Um, but. It's very interesting because what's crazy about this is because Golden State got better shooters <laughs> uh, in the free agency. And that's something that's so rare. Like Nick Young, they got Omar Caspi who for one year, $2 million. Like they're getting people with these small deals that can shoot the lights out. I mean, Kevin Durant took a pay cut for them to even re-sign um, Iguodala and Sean Livingston. Like they're trying to build a dynasty there. And when you keep all those people there by far, they—they they, it's amazing that they're improving with the amount of people that, this, the people that they have currently there with the superstars that they have there, they re-signed them all and they added more shooters. Like, I mean, it's, 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 unbelievable at this point. And what's making, like you said, Cleveland is really not doing anything in regards to match that um, and, and, and what's crazy, because Cleveland didn't do anything, but Boston got better. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. Um, but well, go ahead. Well, um,
0: well, in theory, Cleveland got the best three-point shooter in the NBA, supposedly, one of the highest shooting percentage uh, shooters in the NBA, NBA with Kyle Gordon.
1: I mean, yeah, as a, well, he
0: as a team throughout the season last year, Cleveland was unstoppable when it came to threes. I, you know, I think the biggest downfall for them was Tyron Lue was shrinking the bench so small for the playoffs, didn't allow Cleveland to run the type of ball Cleveland ran all season. When you had, uh, what's my man, ah, when you had Richard Jefferson, uh, uh, what's up, Shannon, Shannon Fry out there knocking down threes. You had a whole bunch of different uh, characters for Cleveland, knocking down threes all season, but then when you get down to the playoffs, you want to have a really short bench when you only make it, you know, you only play eight players off the bench.
1: And then you kind of just diminish
0: the type of ball that you played all season. And I think that was their downfall. You know, if you if you play the same, it's just the type of ball, say like Cleveland, Oklahoma State, you pretty much played the same type of ball game one to the time they won the championship things may be a little bit different. I'm not saying that Cleveland would have won, but they would have had the opportunity.
2: It's going to be very interesting to see what Cleveland does to, to respond to this. Um, I would not be surprised if, if the season started and they stay the status quo that LeBron is going to probably complain about what's going on. And then at the end of the day, may make a note about something or tweet about something saying, Hey, we need, you know, this, this, and this. We need, like, we need better defenders. Or we'll need, you know, more shooting. I need a, uh, another playmaker. You know, I, I just don't think that Cleveland – Cleveland can't stay the status quo. That's really what the bottom line is. They can't really stay with the, what they have. At least that's in my opinion.
1: I – well, if you think about it, I mean, you know, the West just got much more stacked with all the good players running to, to the West. I mean, right now, I mean – Cleveland, yes, they didn't do anything because they can't really offer a max contract to anybody. They got to do a lot of sign and trade, so they can't maneuver anything at this particular point. However, you know, you got a lot of people running to the West, so to me, I mean, some some teams got better. Boston, we'll see how that goes, um, but marginally, I don't think anybody's really changed the landscape enough where they have really gained a lot of ground on Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland, do anything, but just by default, I don't see anybody really that's going to be in a position to dethrone thrown.
2: Well, I, I, to be honest, I have to disagree um, because I wouldn't, I mean, well, we're still saying it's pending because there's still a lot of free agency left, but I, I do say, I will say this, I really believe Boston if they don't do any more changes with this group, the group that they have, um, basically they have what it takes to, I think, to really knock off Cleveland. Um, it'd be interesting to see what other teams do. Uh, I still believe, I still believe, the Toronto is still in the picture. Um, Washington, I don't know, depending on what happens with Auto Auto um, Porter and if he leaves to stay. Um, and Milwaukee, out of those, I really see the those teams. Is is I think they have a better shot in, at doing uh, than than you think. Uh, on the Eastern Conference. Now, the rest of the Eastern Conference, of course, is going to be subpar um, to the point where you might see more than three teams with a below 500 record get in. But we'll see how that is going forward, depending on what free agency people do in free agency.
0: I still think Milwaukee is going to be all right. Hopefully, Jabari Parker will get past all his knee issues. and will become like a Derrick Rose where, you know, so much promise coming out of college. You just can't really live up to the hype just because of all that. But um, walking is going to be nice. I, oof, I'm scared of walking next season. Um, Washington, the rumor has it down here that Washington will match, uh the contract off from the Nets, and he'll stay That He'll stay a there.
1: Who? I reported. Um, oh, they can't lose him. Well, no, they can, but it, it wouldn't be a – they don't really need to lose him. I think he's a great
0: piece for, for, for the Wizards, but I don't think he's worth $100 million. But, you
1: know.
0: No. <laughs> the NBA is dictating these types of contracts nowadays, you know. So
2: I'm not going to talk about the Nets playing because, you know, that's just how I am right now. But in
0: other words, we're not talking no, no type of New York basketball at all. <laughs>
2: no, no. What I'm saying, I mean, I, I, I'm not – and, and the Nets, real quick about Brooklyn – um, I think Sean Marks is virtually a genius at what he is doing right now, and that's all I'm going to say about that.
0: <laughs> oh, no, 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 I need to elaborate. You
2: know, he's a genius in the sleeping No, well, I, I, I'm not saying the genius. I think it's a very smart move that he's doing. Um, basically, he's going for broke. It's really an all-for-nothing situation where he's saying, you know, hey, look, these guys are restricted free agents. This is what we're going to do. If we want them, we're going to offer them a the max. If they, if, we, if they don't match it, good, and we get the player that we want. If we don't match, if they do match it, then they'll be in cap room. You know, they'll have cap issues for the next couple of years, and we move on. So what he's done, like literally what he's done with Portland and Miami, because now with Portland, for example, we try to offer Alan Crabb last year the same thing with a max contract. And Portland, you know, did the same, you know, they they – they um, matched it. So the thing about it is now Portland is completely strapped with, with cap and, you know, they're in the luxury tax. So, you know, they're going to have to do something where they can't get free agents down in the road to offer them that type of money. Um, to be honest, it's a smart move because if, if a free agent is open, you know, we know that Portland is not going to be available to use some of that money because, they're already strapped with like Allen Crabb's contract and plenty other contracts. So let's say, for example, if we don't get Otto Porter, you know Washington is going to be strapped hitting them up, you know, because they got to match that offer. A lot of people may not feel that Porter is a hundred million dollar player, but yet the Wizards matched it. So you know, they their caps their cap is going to be hit. So I think it's it's a, I think it's a smart move whether or not we get them or not for that. When we have the money to to take his contract so whether we get it or not it's a win-win situation
0: but then so in other words for brooklyn so i guess it's anthony it's, it'll be uh well hold up hold up you guys
2: this cat we got the cat from la to be your point guard d'angelo
0: but then you also got jeremy lynn
2: No, this is how they're going to set it up. Jeremy Lin is going to run the point regardless. D'Angelo is going to move to the two where he should be in his natural position.
0: Mm, Okay. And then who's your three?
2: Well, if we we get Porter, then it'd be Porter. If not, most likely it'll be Karis LeVert at the three. Mm. So if you think about it, you know, because I said this from the jump, with D'Angelo Russell there and Karis LeVert, that's going to be the future of the Nets. Um, whether Lynn stays or not to me is not going to be that much importance because he, he still runs the show. But, um, Karis Levert and D'Angelo Russell is going to be the future, and, and then, um, and then you got Mozgov sitting at the five, correct? That ain't a bad
0: five right there, he's a slouch.
1: No, not, not,
2: not at all. No, I mean, our team is improving, um, the only way we can. So, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into Brooklyn because they, you know, they're. They're on a the climb. I should just leave it at that. They're still in the bottom, but they're on a the climb.
1: Yeah, I would be. Yeah, I would be curious to see how, how the Sixers actually do. I mean, you know, it's all about the trust in the process. All right, you got two, you know, number one picks. Um, you actually signed J.J. Redick, which I think was actually a very interesting signing for a year. Um, you still got everybody. You still got Joel and B. You still got Okafor. You, I'm Simmons is going to be playing his quote-unquote rookie year. Markel force, as long as he don't get injured, you know, getting off the bench to play in the summer league, should play a full season. So that is going to look to be a very interesting squad. I mean, the buzz in Philly already now is um, – that actually might be some games where you might have a hard time getting tickets too. We'll <laughs> wait no, they, and see.
2: Sixers are going to make the playoffs if they stay healthy, without question. I would say that's what we jump. Yeah, if Embiid if stays healthy, the Sixers will make the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're even like a four or five seed.
0: With, with, a, with a rookie point guard, with with a, with a dude that, like Embiid, didn't play at all last year, Embiid can only do so much.
2: I, I, nope. I'm,
0: they, I'm not saying they can't make the playoffs. I think if they do, they're going to squeak in his eights.
2: No, no, no. I Embiid alone can carry that team for a good amount of wins if he was – when he was healthy, they was winning on a regular basis when he was healthy. And when he was playing – he wasn't even playing back-to-back games. And they was winning on a consistent basis. They have talent, like to be honest. They they have a players and talent. I would not be surprised – if they stay – if Embiid stays healthy alone and then you add Simmons and Markel Fult and shooting with J.J. Reddick, I, oh. That's a young team. I,
0: I, I forgot that they finally got some veteran presence with Reggie.
2: Correct, regular. correct, and they have a bench. Um, Richard Holmes, Dario Saric. I mean Covington. They they have a bench. I they are my sleeper team to make it to the playoffs.
1: Mm-hmm. What the, the only what reason they have? Yeah, the only reason why I don't think they pulled the trigger on a you know you know Okafor trade because there was a lot of talk about that before the end of this past season. We even at the trade deadline. Earlier, because I don't think they're fully 100 percent trusting Joel B's health. I mean, let's say you pull the trigger on oprah four you could probably get some good stuff for you know for him because he did he did have a pretty good season. You trade him, and then let's say Joel b by November, end of November, foot hurt out for four months. Now you lost any kind of real depth at the low post. So. You keep them, even though I think Philly probably would like to move them to kind of bring in some more talent and you know, some more pieces to the puzzle. And to be honest, because I, I, I
2: did mention that I thought that Brooklyn should be taking a look at Oka for it. It's, I mean, you know, but because the ceiling right now is so low, but I mean, I, I agree why they're not moving them because they need I mean, they they do have a deep court on front court, but they just draft a, 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 um, a big man, so it's I. I I think, I think they're trying to look and see what they're going to do with their rookie. If their rookie outperforms or do, does well, I would not be surprised if local four gets moved this year.
1: I agree. I think if the, the, the rookie does well, I think a Joel Embiid, if Joel Embiid stays healthy and puts us some good numbers, then I can definitely see possible pulling the trigger by, you know, trade deadline. If they're in a good hunt, you know, if they're in like that, anywhere from that four to six seed, they can make a trade to kind of get up past four, maybe in a three, which I don't think they will, but I think anywhere between four and six. But if they're in the hunt and they can make a trade and Joel is playing good, I think Okafor is the, um, is the odd man out, unless Joel Embiid is not doing anything and o- um, Okafor is beasting. Yeah. Now, let me hear if you guys heard this. Now, I, 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 I'm not
0: sure where I heard it, but... Dipping back over to Boston real quick. And you know they got all those pieces that they're trying to trade. Crowder, Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart. Something I heard where they might try to go in New Orleans and and pick up Boogie and trade him to Boston. They got the players, they got draft picks they can give. If they were to pick up a boogie, to go with Gordon Haywood, Isaiah Thomas. And staff over
1: there at Boston. And now Boston is the front-runners for the East. The Boston are front-runners for the East? If they pick up Boogie. No. Well, I, I'll still count them as, as a second seed. Uh, it
2: depends on who they give up. I mean.
0: Well, they're going to have to. You know, For them to get Boogie, they're going to have to give up Spartan, Prouder and Bradley. Yeah. Not, not that New Orleans needs two guards
2: yeah uh, you know, because they're getting they're, they're losing their center. Yeah, no no, no, no i I, I, I understand what you're saying. um but it, like I said, it, it it really depends on who they lose because I'm gonna be honest right now if Boston has a future, like I'm and I, I mean uh, the two rookies up not the two rookies. Um, Jalen Brown and um the new rookie Channing Tatum alone – they're going to be beasts. They're going to carry Boston for the future. Like, I've I seen them play in the summer league. I've seen them say, i seen Jalen play in, in the playoffs, and I've seen um, Tatum in the summer league. Those two are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the years to come in for Boston. And when you add, if you, as long as you keep them, they have a future. Um. So for Boogie Cousins, if they, even if they trade smart Bradley and you said um, Crowder.
0: Yeah. I probably got to give up a first – What they got a ton of first-round draft picks. They probably have to give up at least two
2: of them. Yeah, but the problem is Danny Ainge ain't going to give up – I I just don't see Danny Ainge doing that type of deal anymore when he was trying to keep so much for Paul George during that Paul George trade that almost happened at the trade deadline. So I think Danny Ainge loves keeping his draft picks. I, I just don't see him giving them up so so quick.
0: But I, I, I just don't see the whole the whole need of holding on all these draft picks. They don't
2: no, do that. I, no, I agree with you on that. I agree with you. I think that if you're going to get a start, you should be able you should be able to relinquish some of your draft picks. You're going to do that if you need a start. But and like you've seen, Gordon Haywood it just came there basically for nothing. So I'm pretty sure that there's going to be times when superstars are going to want to go there because they're going to want to win. Right.
0: right.
2: And if, especially if. Um, Like you said, Cleveland has a window of a couple of more years. Like, they have a couple more years of a window before something happens, whether it's LeBron going somewhere or they change, make changes to the team or whatever the case may be. So, you know, and I believe that people are going to be set up to more go to Boston before they will go to Cleveland
1: in the future. Right. Ah, yes, good old Boston.
0: Yeah, but you need that type of – you need also to get back to some relevancy. Just like you need L.A. to get back to where they were back in the 90s, in the 80s,
1: and the 70s. Um, I think the Lakers will. I think um, – you know, I won't say I have 100% total faith in Magic because, you know, he once was a coach and that was a disaster. But um, we'll see what, what happens. I mean, he, he has some pieces I'm – Everybody's trying to trying trying to make um you know you know Lorenzo Ball like you know the savior of the Lakers and I don't see it yet. I mean, what I saw was some of his games at UCLA. I, I, I wasn't all that impressed. But you know what, though, it's what it is, and I think this
0: this this whole this whole thing stems back to the whole, you know, do we just let players go straight in high school if they're one and done, they two and done? We don't we don't see that that good crop of players who are dominant college basketball players anymore like we did when we were in our, in our college days. When you had a plethora of players that are out there averaging well over twenty something points a game. A good college season for a player nowadays is like 16, 17 points a game. Mm-hmm. In college, a good college player was making was making over twenty. A great was damn making twenty high twenties, early thirties uh, points per game, leading their team to wherever they were going, regardless if it was just a, a conference championship or you know leading them to an NCAA tournament. I forget who, and I think he got drafted, but he led the, he led the college basketball with thirty some 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 points a game. I think he came out of the uh, the MAP conference, and I think he was like a low. It's like somewhere in the second round. He might have even been drafted. And I mean, And But that just goes to show that the kid got skills and he can't even sniff the first round just because he plays in the back. <laughs> but look at the player looking for him hanging hey, If he played, what, in the Horizon League or the Big Sky League or whatever the hell Gonzaga plays him, <laughs> it ain't no major. I'm sorry, he played Butler. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, that Butler. so that was the Horizon League, I believe, before they switched over to the Big East. Um, it's totally ridiculous, in my personal opinion. So, Lonzo Ball, him, averaging what, 14, 15, 16 points a game? He ain't gonna they've done the first couple of years in the, in the league. I don't, I don't see it. And his father's just putting his foot in his son's mouth. And, unfortunately, the son don't even speak a word. And what's even worse, if you ever looked at him doing press conferences and stuff, it looked like he's the most disgusting person out there like you
1: don't even want to beat it yeah his, his dad's probably his agent <laughs> i refrain from talking about alonzo ball and his father i think we. i think it's enough been said and we just wait and see how the nba season pans out yes exactly i agree with that um i think
2: right now i just think that with so many agents going to the west right now is it's the rest, the West is just so loaded. Like, it's not even funny right now. Like, so many people just went to the West. Like, it's not, like, I, I'm, I'm just, and people stayed in the West. Like, so many people, is, it's, the way it is right now, it just seems crazy. Like, it's so hard to, to, to believe that this is really happening. Like, it's, you know, with the Western Conference being that it is, you know, it seems like everybody's stacking up to try and go against Golden State it's funny because you would think that free agents nowadays would say you know what i got a better chance to be in the playoffs and do more damage if i go to the eastern conference but i guess but i guess they're looking at is if we can knock off golden
0: state then i got a better chance in the championship because they think they
1: can knock off Cleveland. oh you still got you you still can't sneeze on on um, san antonio i mean i mean i think san antonio and golden state are still the head of the class and then everyone kind of, you know, three or four, whatever you want to pick it.
2: I don't know. I, I mean, even though they have, they still got quiet Leonard. I, 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 I don't know. Um, Tony Parker is still there, and, and I know Patrick. I mean, Patty Mills is still there, and Kawhi is still there, but something just seems off with with San Antonio. Um, whether it's I because know. they're up in age, or I, I don't know.
0: Aldridge didn't come to play this past season. I guarantee Aldridge is going to
2: come back next season with a bench. No, to be honest, I think they really need to get rid of Aldridge. I mean, that's my personal opinion. I, I just don't think he's a good fit for them. I if he complains about everything, um, I just don't see him following the, the the whole Greg Popovich rule to a T. Um, I,
1: I just don't. No, I don't think he's – you don't think he, he... – He wants to be that man, and you know he was having you know issues in Portland, which I don't think he should have left anyway. But you know with Kyle Lowry, and then you go to you know Golden State. Maybe there was whispers here saying you're going to be the man, but then guess what? Kawhi Leonard is you know blowing up and having you know is coming into his zone. So now he's almost in the same situation as in Portland, where am I the man or is Kyle Lowry the man, or am I the man or is Kawhi Leonard the man? And in San Antonio. Kawhi Leonard, until you prove otherwise. And right now, he has not proven otherwise yet. But but in basketball, one person, one elite player cannot lead a team to a
0: championship. Even though Michael Jordan was elite, he still has Scottie Pippen there as his wingman, shipping in 20 some options and however many of them rebounded. Cool. So even though Jordan was there, Pippen was still a, a nice 1D option instead of Jordan. Well, every team to the least two great players.
1: Yeah, but those two, those two great players, you can have one just you know checking out for a playoff series. I mean, where was Aldridge for the last three games? Checked
2: no, out. No, no. I got a better question. Where was Aldridge for the past two seasons? Like, <laughs> let's let's just let's just call it like we see it. Like, Lamarcus Aldridge is not the same Lamarcus Aldridge as he was in Portland. Right. That's really what it boils down to. And you know, you can't, you can't. If you're not the same person as you was in Portland, you really don't have a chance to be coming in saying that you need more touches when your shot selection and everything wasn't the same like you was in Portland. Like, you don't see Pau Gasol complaining, and he was one of the people that, you know, won championships in L.A. So you don't see him complaining about, you know, the lack of touches and not having that, being an option to score. It's Your mindset has to change. Your mindset has to adapt. And the markets are just, you know, if you're complaining about something like that while you're on a team that's winning, it's gonna be a problem. And you're you're messing up the whole dynamic of what the Spurs culture is. I'm pretty sure plenty of Spurs fans are saying the markets are just needs to go. <laughs> and speaking of which, sorry, but to bring this up, but that's the same problem with Dwight Howard, from what I'm hearing now. Because <laughs> Dwight Howard was in that same boat. Where he went to Atlanta, he, they just traded him to Atlanta. He was there, and then he complained about the lack of touches and not being a primary op- option. From what people were saying, they said the White House was acting like a big crybaby. That's why he got shipped to Charlotte in a trade. I
0: think I think he'll. I think Jordan's gonna get in his ear. He gonna get. He don't have some great act right. Um, He's gonna have some act going forward, you know what I'm saying? Just because he uh this might be his last stop, you know. I mean he's still young, but he got he, hopefully his back is
1: is not an issue anymore. But he's definitely not the player from six, seven years ago. Nah, he's not he better play because he got what well, he got like eight, nine kids he got to take care of. So he, he better get out. he better okay. get that ball to play. <laughs> <laughs> he got a lot. <laughs>
0: Oh, see that's
1: the <laughs> One, one, one like it's like K plus eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. That's not let not to try to
2: feel the
0: football team.
2: Nah, it's 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 definitely it's definitely and this is one of the reasons why I was saying like in regards to people need to adapt to their certain around surroundings. I mean, because super, you're not the same superstar as you was a while back. And you have to understand that this is a growing league and people learning to adapt. Like, let's say, for example, like Kevin Durant could have argued and said, you know what, I was the best player. I need to be treated like a best player. He's taking the benefit. You know what, I need to sacrifice whatever money I'm making for my team to win, to show leadership. And the majority of these people, these players nowadays, that's what they lack, that leadership. To say, hey, look, I'm willing to sacrifice whatever is left for the team. I don't need to be the primary option if somebody else is stepping up their game. And LaMarcus Aldridge needs to understand that Kawhi Leonard is not going anywhere in San Antonio. Like, he is going to be the man no matter what. He's been brought into the system with, like, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. They brought him into the system. They incorporated him. Pop right now is seeing nothing but praises about Kawhi Leonard you need to take a step back and say, you know what, I need to be you – know, I have to understand the fact that I'm not going to
1: be the primary person. And yeah. Yeah, I think the best example for that, you know, is, is a man who, you know, is unfortunately, you know, not going to play basketball anymore. And I think that's, you know, Chris Bosh, who, you know, is waived by the Miami Heat because of, you know, the health reasons. And, you know, he came from Toronto Raptors. He was averaging 20 and 10 the season before he came there. And he had to adjust his game i mean and he had to curtail his game it was more of a run and run and shoot kind of offense now the whole league is down there run and shoot so he went from a post presence to a basically a stretch a stretch forward where he was like you know mid-range and popping the three and then occasionally getting inside when he got those off of you know those mismatches i mean dwight howard i mean the game was not the kind of game he was in Orlando when he was the man focal point down low and he had the snipers around the corner. He has to be like a a stretch center to a certain degree. I mean, they needed that in Houston, couldn't work, wasn't going to work in in, in LA because, you know, Kobe was just, you know, that kind of dude. Like you said, then he goes to Atlanta. You think that might work, doesn't work. Now you're at Charlotte. Now what?
2: Yeah. But the thing about it is, is that if he would have kept his mouth shut, he would still be in Atlanta. I agree. That, that's what really like like if you and this is what I'm talking about. You you had every opportunity to showcase what you can do, develop your game, like you said, Earl. Like it doesn't make sense that you're still doing post ups like all the time. Like that's that, that that thing is is being like dropped, where you got to be hybrid enough. And I I mean I give you a perfect example. Like I hate to bring up my team, but Brook Lopez is this was was the same exact way, doing post-ups, nothing but post-ups. This past year, they had him doing shooting threes all of a sudden. And, you know, he's now a three-point shooter. That's still a hybrid center. But the thing about it is, is that he had to develop his game. And when you start developing your game to do other things, there shouldn't be no reason why people like DeAndre Jordan or Andre Drummond should not have already focused on a foul shot. Because they already know for a fact that when the ever DeAndre or Andre Drummond is in the game, they know that they can't shoot free throws. Right. So you know for a fact that if they're going to continue to foul you, you need to develop your free throw shooting. You need to start working on jumpers. You need to start developing that type of game so that people can – you can go back to being a post-score if you're able to shoot outside. So it's, it's amazing that how people have been in the league so long and they still focus on one aspect of the game. <laughs> when this, tea, this whole – NBA structure is going around like you said it's going through running shoot. So if you're not able to shoot, how do you think you're going to be able to stay in the league this all this time when they're looking for shooters?
0: Good question. <laughs> Good question. But uh, like fashion, I think basketball is going through a phase and I think eventually it's going to go back to what it was 30 years ago when you had 7 footers and 7 foot plus Jokers who were, you know, Patrick Ewing type that could dominate the post. But you know what? Patrick Ewing is probably like and Akeem it was probably like those hybrid centers that we speak of because they had mid-range jumpers. They could dominate you down low, and you had and they shot those fairly well. And that's the type of when you have that size, that's what's lacking. It's like either you want to be a either you want to be like Shaq and this dunk all over the place. Or you want to be like Steph and shoot all over the place, but nobody has that well-rounded all-around game unless you're like a, a LeBron, a <laughs> uh, KD. You know, those those like few mellow that can do pretty much all three of those, things. and it kind of kill you in, in, in different ways in the game. But I yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, these jokers either got to adapt or they got to do something totally different. Or a big band in the NBA, you know, unless you're just unless you're just going to be there to be that 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 rim protector, that enforcer, and that's all you're there to do. You know, what's the pool? You know, you can might as well just run a three guard offense and this and uh, use a power forward as, 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 as the
1: five and be done with it. And that's how a lot of teams are running. Yeah, you mean you look at you know you look at all the kids that were drafted at the NBA the last you know you know three four years all guards and small forwards then you got a joker like przingis who's like seven
0: two but step out and drain the three like nobody's business i mean yeah. they're on to something in new york it's just him and that his stubbornness not to try to run anything other than the triangles what, what doomed him.
2: well he's no longer there and nick's <laughs> fans are so happy right now and lady he's static now we'll see what happens. Now what they do with like free agency and how they play post Phil Jackson. Um, that'll be interesting to see. I, to be honest, I'm curious to see how they how they go in free agency because they're having a difficult time attracting free agents. It's it's, just, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's what they needed. So yeah, yeah. well. But, you
0: know, we could be talking about free agency, uh, all this crap, all night long. Unfortunately, we just don't have all night long to talk. So, <laughs> I think at this point, we should just go ahead and just wrap it up and just uh, touch on how the free agency is going to wrap up next week, and uh, try to look at who won the free agency uh, roundup and kind of gauge who's going to be the next champion, champion of the NBA, which one of going to be Golden State. So unless barring's crazy, I don't see Golden State going down anytime soon. But with that being said, fellas, let the folks know when they can
1: Oh, you know, you can catch me on the gram, Twitter, at J-E-R-O-S-S-7 at...
2: And, of course, you can reach me on Instagram and on Twitter as well. I am Al Quarles. I-A-M-A-L-Q-U-A-R-L-E-S.
0: And you can find me on Twitter. Cat CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. So, you know, without further ado, I bid everybody a farewell. and hope everybody had a, a great 4th of July yesterday and a great holiday weekend. You know, definitely got to give props to uh, to all the soldiers and everybody's out there uh, protecting uh, protecting the U.S. with all these crazy things. So definitely got to let you guys know that we appreciate you, we you. And without you guys, you know we wouldn't have a great U.S. With that being said, we look forward to uh, having everybody drop some comments. Uh, look forward to uh, to hearing the feedback, and we'll be talking again next week on Guys Talking Sports.
2: Check it out later. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Google Podcasts and all that.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. <laughs>